Welcome to the Atmosphere Church Podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. Last Sunday, Pastor Jim was standing in back, and that man works very, very hard. Please be praying for your pastor. It's not coincidence that in one year this church has grown to the size that it is and wants to grow more. It's because God has called him and he's gifted him, but he works hard. So does Tara, his wife. So be praying for them. So he came up, like he said last Sunday, and said, hey, Phil, would you be able to to fill in for me this Sunday? I said, sure, I'd love to. No problem at all. And what was so interesting, I think it was while he was talking to me. It might have been a minute later, but I actually think it was while he was talking to me. He said, would you be willing to share? The Lord put a passage in my mind immediately. And I thought, hmm. And so the good thing about the fact that we have two services, the first service, I wasn't paying attention to him. I was taking that passage that the Lord had given me, and I was writing an outline on it. And then the second service, I listened to that really good word on kindness. Love is patient. Love is kind. Amen? Amen. And so what I want to do is I want to share with you what the Lord kind of shared with me, because I believe, and I really do, I believe God has a word for us. That God is the almighty maker of heaven and earth. He is a living, risen, speaking Lord. Amen? Amen. You're all right. And this passage was the passage that came to mind the moment that uh, Pastor Jim asked me. uh, I always title my messages. It helps me focus I'll have a sense of where I'm going, and it just keeps me on this road that I'm on. And the title of this message is Away in the Wilderness. And you know what? We all go through the wilderness, don't we? We go through difficult times. We go through trying times. We go through hard times. It might be physically. It might be emotionally. It might be relationally. It might be professionally. But we go through difficult times, the wilderness. But I'll tell you what. God loves the wilderness. If you have grown in your relationship with Christ, if you have grown in your relationship with Christ, you have probably found out that he walks arm in arm with you oftentimes in the wilderness. The children of Israel were in the wilderness and the Shekinah glory of God was there. There was the cloud during the day and there was the pillar of fire. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if you got up one morning, there's a big old cloud, and you thought it's going to rain, but it's Southern California, and so suddenly you're driving to work, and it's in front of you, and you get to work, and it's, I mean, God's with you. So this is the word the Lord spoke to me, and I, I believe there's a prophetic application of this word for us. He said, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let let me pray before we go any further. Father, 
It's not about me. It's all about you. And I pray, O Spirit of God, that you would just come even now, in and through me, in and through every man and woman here, that you would fill this place with your presence and that you would speak words of life and encouragement and deliverance and healing, body, soul, mind, and spirit, and freedom, a new way, Lord, because I believe that's what you have for us. And so we look to you for all that you have in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, by nature, by gifting, I'm a teacher. And being a teacher, I like to give a context for the passage we're looking at. In this passage, what we're looking at is the book of Isaiah. And chapters 1 through 39 in the book of Isaiah, the first 39 chapters, is the prophet prophesying to the people of Israel who were God's people, but they had neglected God in a multitude of ways for many, many years. In the first 39 chapters, Isaiah is prophesying that judgment is coming. You can only blow God off for so long. And if you continue... He'll get you one way or the other. It's just the way it is. The first 39 chapters, Isaiah is prophesying the coming judgment. It happened about 100 years later when Nebuchadnezzar's armies came down from the north and devastated the people of God. But chapters 40 through 66, Isaiah is seeing prophetically even beyond that judgment because God always sees beyond the temporary judgments of his people. And he sees the deliverance that God is going to bring. And it's interesting that in chapter 40, it begins with comfort. Oh, comfort my people. And that's just a cool thing. So historically, in a very abbreviated sense, that's what the book of Isaiah is about. Very, very abbreviated. But the Lord spoke this verse to me, and I feel like he wants me to unpack it because he has words of encouragement for you. Do you need to be encouraged? Hello? I need to be encouraged almost every day. And I'll tell you, it's just amazing. And I believe God wants to encourage you. He wants to encourage me, but he also wants to do some other things. So let's look at this passage. I'm going to take it apart, if you will, phrase by phrase. He begins, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I'm going to do something new. Now, you have to take this and put it in this context. For 39 chapters, God has been talking about the judgment. Now, this is where God is talking about the new thing that he's going to do, the blessing he's going to bring. And guess what he's saying to the people of Israel? Don't bring to mind the old stuff. Don't live in the past. You and I, some of you, some of us, we can look at the past and God bless you. You're an optimist. How many optimists are there here? Raise your hand. I want to see some. You really exist. (laughs) Raise your hands again. I want to... Optimist, God bless you. Would you rub that off on me a little bit? Man. I ain't letting go. So when you look at the past, when you look at the past, you're probably first going, remember that victory? Remember that deliverance? Remember that good thing? And then there are me. Remember... (laughs) It's been so long since Star Wars came out, but remember the the real Star Wars, the first one? And Luke was talking, and he said, the force 
is strong in my family. My father had it, or my grandfather had it. My father had it, and I have it. Yeah. Here's the Philian version. Worry and fret is strong in my family. <laughs> I don't know about my grandparents, but if you had ever met my mom, you would be amazed that I'm here standing in front of you. That woman, God bless her, she got saved about six months before she died at 84. And that's because God was going, no! <laughs> but I, left to my own devices, I'm a born worrier. It's just the way it is. But God. But God, because he can set us free, and he's done it in my life time and time and time again. And there's just bunches of testimonies here. If we had the time where you could share, you know, there was this I was struggling with. There was that I was struggling with. And God has changed me. Amen? That's good news. And so here the scripture says, don't Call to mind the former things. Don't ponder the things of the past, whether they were successes or whether they were failures. Let me tell you this about the past. This is a profound insight you've probably never heard anywhere before. But the past is the past. It's gone. It is, it's just gone. It's there. And so whatever success I accomplished, whatever failures, and we all have a mixture, don't we? I experienced, it's gone. The only thing I can do about the past, as best as I understand it, is if I wounded someone, I can go and make amends, which we ought to do. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And I am a Christ follower. But other than that, there's just no sense in gloating. Boy, did you hear that sermon I taught the other day? I taught the sin right off their faces, you know? <laughs> or, you know, I just, I failed. So it's all past. One thing I've learned about the past is, is my failure. I learn more in my fa failures than in my successes. Any of you learn that? Oh, man. My successes, I just enjoy. Isn't this cool? My failures, oh, it hurts, and I take stock, maybe not immediately. I might grumble a little bit, but I've learned that it's through the trials, it's through the valleys, it's through the tribulations that I and we become whole and strong and built up with the character of Christ growing in him. So here Isaiah says, don't think about the former things. Don't ponder the past. He's not saying never remember the past. He's not saying, you know, never go back. I do. There's several things I do not near often enough. One is when I'm in a good mood, I'll sit down by myself. I don't do this near often enough, but I encourage you to do it. And think about only the good things God has done for you throughout your life. The high points, the peaks. I mean, there's so many. But those high points where God will save me. Way back in... 1973, the second greatest thing that ever happened in my life is my wife. And I don't say that as jive. I really don't. I have recognized more and more as I have matured, 
even recently, that were, if, were it not for her prayers, wives pray, husbands pray too, if it were not for her prayers, I would not be the man that I've become. She is the greatest gift other than my glorious Savior that I could ever possibly have. And I'm not going to say, like I did in the first service, of course, she married up. (laughs) Now, you have to understand, she knows me well. But somebody mentioned that to her during the the in-between time, and, and he thought that she was upset. And she just goes, yep, no, that's Phil. And that is, don't think on the former things. Don't live in the past. Why? Look at this. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Think not on the former things. Remember not the past. God's speaking to you. Behold, I'm going to do something new. And then he says, now. Now here's what I want to encourage you. Let's be, you know, we're called, referred to oftentimes as believers, right? Oh. Oh. Hey, Jim. (laughs) Yeah, we're referred to as believers. (laughs) Let's believe, not just that Jesus is the glorious Savior, that's the beginning point and the highest of all highs, but that the words that he has spoken in his word, even if we haven't seen them break through in our own lives yet, are coming. Let's be believers who have believed. I've taught messages, perhaps even series, back in the old days when I was a lead pastor at the Vineyard on let's believe. And I want to encourage you. God says he wants to do something new in your life. Just take a deep breath and think about that. This is what the word of God says. The primary application, of course, is to the children of Israel. But the secondary application, which is absolutely appropriating the promises and the principles of the Scripture accurately, says this. Phil, don't worry about the past. Or don't glory in the past. I want to do something new. Now. And I believe the Lord is speaking to you. Seriously, I believe this. That God is saying, I want to do something new now in your life and in my life. And you know what? I want to believe that. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Take me. Change me. Remember the the parable of the sower and the seed? Jesus was talking about the sower. And he's going around and he's sowing seed, right? Well, seed, some seed grows faster, some a little slower, some a little longer still. Time is inconsequential. I want to believe until I'm there on the other side and seeing fully. Amen? We are called to be people of faith. Let's just persist in our belief. Well, sometimes it's hard. Of course it is. That's why the Apostle Paul said, fight the good fight. You ever look at the, the images that the apostles use? Run the race. Fight the fight. We are warriors in Christ, more than conquerors. And you might be thinking, well, I'm not real good at that. Okay, let's get real good. How? Let's believe. It's not a matter of us just working it up emotionally. It's a matter of us saying, here I am. Father, whatever you want, here I am. 
I personally believe that God is doing a work at Atmosphere Church. And I believe that we have the blessing to be in on the ground floor. And you know what? We need you. We are brothers and sisters called and gifted. You have gifting that is so beyond mine, and you can do things that just puzzle me. How many of you are administrators? You have an administrative gift. Two. No wonder this, the king. Three. I don't even know how to number a page. We need one another to lock arms together because together we can accomplish things we'd never accomplish individually. The scripture says, do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I'm going to do a new thing now. Get that. It will spring forth. There I pray, Father, spring those new things forth in each one of us. Even now, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, that new thing, whatever it might be, I pray that it would be planted by the power of your Holy Spirit and call it forth in the name of Jesus Christ that we would grow. It's as if, if you'll allow me to, to be a little, little figurative, it's as if I can see the seas and the little tiny plants breaking through and budding, but that's where it begins. And you know what? That crop will come in, and when that crop comes in, this community all around us, and dare I be so audacious as to say even the world, will be impacted if you and I decide, I believe. I believe. But Phil, I'm kind of a mess. We're all kind of a mess. It's true. It's absolutely true. If I could pick any one of you and convince you to be honest, we would find out. And I'm not going to. Be honest. No. My wife and I were talking, I think it was last night, it might have been the day before, but in the midst of our, her, our conversation, I think she was the one who used the phrase, um, she said something like, we're pretenders. And I just stopped, and I thought, we're all pretenders. And I, I wrote it down, I thought, that's a good message I've got to develop. It's not that we're being evil, but everybody I know at church, just because we're normal, at play, at work, everybody I know, they put on the best face, which I think is wise, by the way, because we don't want to go around like bleeding open wounds to everybody, but most everybody I know is an open wound, save covered for that facade. It's like that wonderful quote that Pastor Jim put up last week where, I don't have it, so don't look at the thing. Where he said, all of us are, I'm, I'm really paraphrasing it, all of us are messed up. And so be kind to everyone. All of us hurt. You know what? God only has flawed vessels to build his kingdom with, and he loves using us. One of the people who had the greatest influence on my Christian experience was a gentleman named John Wimber. And John said to us once, a bunch of us pastors, he said, I don't trust a pastor who doesn't limp. And what he means is someone, man, woman, who hasn't gone through the fire, been hurt. Don't ponder the old things, the things of the past. Why? God says to you, 
I'm going to do a new thing. A new thing. I'm going to do it now. But look at this next phrase. Will you be aware of it? Another translation says, will you even perceive it? Now, there's a good warning. If you're a follower of Christ and the word of God says that God might do a new thing, but then he asks somewhat rhetorically, will you even perceive it? That means I have to stop and go, wow, it's possible for God to be working in my life and me to miss it because I'm so dull spiritually. That's kind of, that's kind of sad. I'm sure I've been there. I'm sure I've been there. But the Lord Jesus said repeatedly in the Gospels, he used this phrase, having eyes, they do not see. Having ears, they do not hear. And so what do we do about that? I don't know about you, but there are times where I pray, God, give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear what you're saying in your spirit. Give me a heart and a mind that discerns and is compelled and moves on because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And God is determined to make you and I overcomers. Amen. So God, give us that gifting. Help us to see. I really need his help. I've been walking with the Lord for so long. And I really need his help. And so do you. I know all about you. You're a mess. It's just true, isn't it? When I try to be good, I'm still a mess. I know none of you have ever had this experience. I'm just confessing. No, I don't want to confess. No. Where something unexpected will come up, I don't swear. I, I, I didn't even swear hardly at all when I was lost, high on drugs and doing everything wrong. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I thought it reflected intellect <laughs> or lack thereof. But sometimes I'm amazed at how something will jump out of my mouth really it's usually not a cuss word. It's usually a cut. And it's like, I just, God, where did that come from? We're all a mess. But God is just glorious, and he loves to clean up messes. He loves your mess because he sees beyond it. He sees what he's making you into. He's doing something new. And there are some of us, no doubt, here, and we're thinking, Phil, I've heard things like this before. So have I. And I'm still not there. Either am I. But I'll be darned. I'm pressing on to the upward call of Christ Jesus. Come hell or high water. I'm just pressing on. I'm not waiting for this big old lofty angel to pick me up and make me glow. You know, I talk to people. They, they, they talk like their Christian life is like that. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with me? Nothing. They're just kind of weird. <laughs> Have you noticed that there are some Christians, God bless them, they're weird? I mean, they walk into a room like they float. I'm just a guy named Phil who wants to... 
be about my father's business. And the abilities that I have, they're not that many, but I want to use them to honor my father. Because there's going to come a time where I stand before the Holy One. And my life is going to be played out in some fashion. I don't know how that's going to be. My sin's forgiven. But there are rewards on the other side that are determined by our faithfulness here. And I want my life to count. Don't you want your life to count? Me too. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And we can lock arms together and accomplish together what we couldn't have accomplished individually. And I'm convinced that that's what God wants to do. I'm also convinced I should leave point one. (laughs) I love this passage. I don't even think I used this passage. Uh, Maybe I did in the first service. But this is from the book of Lamentations. And most of you are familiar with this passage. But let it sink in. I just love this passage. The faithful love of the Lord never ceases. It never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Let's stop there for a moment. His mercies are renewed every morning. God's mercy towards you and me are renewed time and time again. This is a poetic statement. It doesn't just mean at 5 a.m. or 7 a.m. The thrust of this statement, the essence of this statement, is whenever you come to God in need of his mercy, it's there. If you come every morning, every evening, seven times a day, how many times, Peter asked Jesus, should we forgive? Seven? And Jesus responds, no, seven times 70. And then you can multiply it again because we are supposed to try by God's grace to become like our Heavenly Father, and our Heavenly Father is full of forgiveness, yes? Ought we then to be full of forgiveness as well? His mercies are renewed every morning. But look at this next phrase. Because of these things, this is Jeremiah who wrote the book of uh, Lamentations. Jeremiah says, because of these things that went on, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I have hope in him. You know, those of us who who are parents and, and hopefully we have something that we can give to our children as we grow old and and they grow up, an inheritance. God has given himself to us as our inheritance. I can't even begin to unpack the consequences of that statement. But the scripture says in the book of Ephesians, I don't know all that this means because it's a mind blower, that Christ is seated at the very right hand of God and we are exalted to the throne of Christ. Now, there's something to think about. Are we going to be equal with him? Never. He is always God. But nonetheless, it says that Christ is seated on the right hand of the Father and we are exalted to his throne. He's got plans, people, that are going to blow our minds. On the other side, you're not sitting on a cloud playing a harp. You're not even going to be playing a strat. God is going to do incredible things, but he wants to do incredible things here and now. He's already begun. He says, I will build a road in the wilderness. We're going back to our original passage. I will build a roadway in the wilderness 
We all find ourselves in the wilderness once in a while, don't we? Some of you, some of us are in it right now. It might have to do with any number of things. Questions, Lord, what do you want me to do? Who am I anyway? Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to live? What about my work situation? What about my relationship? What about, and on and on and on, and we're in a wilderness. And, and when I see in my mind's eye a wilderness, I just see this desert. That's what I see. I just see this desert all around me, and there's nothing there. I'm just surrounded. And being in that wilderness, I am also parched and thirsty. But look what God says. I will build a roadway. I will build a roadway. Father, give me eyes to see. What does it say up above there? Will you have eyes to see? Lord, when you build a roadway, give me eyes to see so I can see where you're leading me. And <laughs> just had this thought. Remember the epic? Follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. La, 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 la. I want the Lord to reveal to me the road that he wants me to walk down so I, by his grace, to his glory, and the blessing of everybody I know will encounter God. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. He will build a roadway. And I've learned this in the kingdom. Perhaps you've learned this. Actually, physics teaches us this. It's easier to steer an object in motion than to get an object that's stationary moving to overcome the inertia. It's hard to overcome inertia, so start walking. Well, Phil, I don't know where I'm going. Walk. But what if I go the wrong way? Walk and ask God to guide you. I've had God guide me. I'm going this way, and he's thinking, no. Boop, boop, boop. But you know, it's real easy to be put on the path. And so I just keep on walking. Well, what if the Lord doesn't want me to do that? Well, you got anything else to do? No, then do that. <laughs> what if God doesn't want me to feed the poor? What else is on your table? Nothing. Feed the poor. You don't have to pray about it. It's in the book. The book talks about it. One of, one of the things I prayed as a young Christian, you know when you're a young believer, sometimes you pray things and God hears. <laughs> I mean, he just hears. One of the things I prayed about as a young Christian, well, I said, Lord, keep me on a short leash. And I bless God that he has. Because I'm really able to go this way and that way. And what he does, he just, boom, tugs me back, puts me on the straight and narrow. I like it much more on the straight and narrow. Then I prayed another thing I didn't like quite as much, but it works. I said, Lord, I know myself. And so if I get off the path, make me miserable. And you know, he does. <laughs> no, not, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Sometimes I'll suddenly be, wow, I don't know, something's wrong. You know, the scripture says, the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. If I find myself in a place where there's no peace, I have to take stock. Maybe I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I could go on. I don't want to. <laughs> Except for this passage. We can have fun. Pastor Jim or Phil or some other guest speaker can teach a message and animate you and you can have fun with it. But it's not about having fun. It's about being changed. It's about, Lord, here I am. I'm kind of a mess. 
You know that and I know that, but I want to be your mess. Some of you, you never met the Lord. You never just said, I believe you, Christ. By your strength, I'm going to follow you, Christ. Believe you the Savior, and I need a lot of help. But Jesus, he was out ministering, and some friends came to him, and he said, your friend Lazarus is sick. This is John chapter 11. And when Jesus heard it, he stayed where he was for four days. And then at the end of four days, he said to his disciples, come, let's go. We're going to go to Bethany. And they thought, oh, good, Lazarus must be well. And Jesus said, no, Lazarus has died. But I'm glad for your sake. When they got there, everybody was crying. Everybody was sad. And Jesus said, roll away the stone. And Martha said, Lord, Lazarus is, the band can come up. If not, we'll never stop. Martha said, Lord, Lazarus has been dead for days now. And if we roll away the stone, there'll be the smell of death, a stench. And Jesus said this, did I not say to you that if you believe, if you believe, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. It's true for you and me too. So here's what I want to ask you to do. That passage, think not on the former things, remember not the past, for I will do a new thing. Will you perceive it? For I will build a roadway in the wilderness and rivers of water. If there's been a situation, whatever it might be in your life, that as I've been sharing, that speaks to you, I want you to just boldly stand up because I believe God wants to, to meet you. So go ahead and stand up now. Yeah. Amen. I'm standing with you. And just, if you will, close your eyes. And if you're comfortable, you don't have to, but if you're comfortable, just hold your hands up in front of you. Notice that your hands are empty. There's nothing we can bring him. We come simple men and women. But if you lift them, our hands are just proclaiming the transcendence, the glory of God. Father, I pray a blessing in the name that is above every other name. Bless these men and women. You know exactly those areas where they are in need. And I pray that you would just bring them home. Bring that road, build that road in the wilderness so they will walk right where you'd have them to walk and call forth those rivers of living water so they would know and experience the abundance of God. I pray the blessing of God that that new thing that you're beginning now, they will perceive it and grow in it and become even more the sons and daughters that you would have us all to be. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? 
You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. Mm